This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulated and their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winglings Under the Willow Tree. Previously on Winglings, Will and his family escaped a dark minion search party led by Will's traitor friend Timothy Toad. It turns out that Tim has been working for the dark and was the reason Will's parents fell under a memory curse. With a little help from Donnie, the cactus fairy, the Winglings fled a forest fire and are now on their way to the Dandelion Kingdom. And now for episode 11, The Dandelion Kingdom. I wasn't sure you'd make it through the fire, 
my sword, Gabriel said. His words flowed clearly through my mind. But as always, you have surprised me. Your power's growing stronger. You mean my sister's power, I said. She's the one who's letting me borrow it. I just say the spells. You overestimate her abilities, Will. She is special, but so are you. You have sensed the power building within you, and yet you doubt it. Do not question yourself. Embrace this change, and it will serve you well. Other feelings contend with it. I felt your fear and uncertainty. Betrayal has clouded your thoughts. But even traitors have an important place in our story. Without them, we wouldn't become what we are to become. And what am I to become? I asked. Will, came a distant, harsh voice. Will! It was closer now. My surroundings came into focus as I took my hand off my sheathed Zaxlin. Da was waving his hand in front of my face. Can you hear me? he said slowly. I can hear you just fine, I said, lowering his waving hand. What's wrong? You staring off like a dead bird is what's wrong. It's all right, Da. I was just talking to my sword Gabriel. Da looked down at my sword and then back at me. Unbelievable, he said, shaking his head. First you're casting spells, and now you're talking to a sword. What's next? We make it to the Dandelion Kingdom, I said, pointing up ahead at a large patch of tall white trees. Several crystal clear streams forked into a river that ran right into the heart of it. It had taken us a couple days' journey to get here, but it was already worth it. Oh, light, did we really find it? Dad said, disappointed. I was hoping we'd somehow miss it. What's with you and the dandelion fairies? I asked. You heard Daft Jai back home say they were our most trusted ally. What do you have against them? Ma and Dad exchanged a look. It's not the dandelions I distrust exactly, Dad said. Overall, they have helped our clan in many battles over the years. They even helped design our farming system. Then what is it? I pushed. I don't trust the advice of our council members back home. I still think they were compromised by the dark. And now we've ended up at the exact place I was trying to avoid. But uh, this is the way to the Temples of Light. Yes, it is a way. The way I planned to go would have avoided them. But from this destination, you're right, it's practically unavoidable. Let's just keep our heads down and push through. I looked long and hard at him. I could tell there was something else he wasn't telling me. Are you sure that's it? I said. You don't trust them because the compromised council members wanted us to leave Em here? Emerald chirped from my backpack at the sound of her name. she just learned to say her name, and half the time it included her grunting and ending with her needing to be changed. Oh, did you make a stinker? Ma said, pulling her from my pack. Let me tell you, it was nice having a couple people added to diaper duty. You sure you want to keep carrying her, Will? Ma said. Why don't I take a turn? Reluctantly, I agreed and handed Ma the backpack. 
Once Emerald was all set, we continued into the lands of the Dandelion Kingdom. As we flew and walked away through the dense forest, we heard a faint drumming sound that grew louder with every step we took. Around us, white trees with streaks of black stood tall against the Hagaroth Mountains behind them. They looked dead, like they'd been burnt to a crisp ages ago and somehow managed not to topple over. Winding around their roots were thousands upon thousands of yellow dandelions. The tiny flowers brought color to an otherwise colorless setting. They floated peacefully down the river and piled up at its banks. Above us, up in the white dead branches, were hundreds of blown glass fairy homes. The warped crystal balls with tube chimneys dangled in bright reds and yellows. Some of them shone with the light of pixie fire. The dandies themselves barely even noticed our entrance. They were too busy talking loudly amongst themselves and checking their reflection in the glass of their crystal homes. Dressed in red with dark, well-groomed hair, they were a strikingly beautiful clan. Most of the men were muscular, strong-jawed, and confident. The women were sharp, poised, and stunningly beautiful, prettier than any queen I'd ever seen. All of them, down to the young boy sweeping the store porch, carried themselves with an air of royalty. Adding to their stature, some of them rode on the backs of armored scorpions, obedient to their riders every command. My jaw dropped when I saw it. Scorpions and fairies aren't known to get along. Look at them, Dare huffed. Too caught up in themselves to welcome a few strangers. Psh, allies my wing. We passed by a feast, a long glass table hanging from a branch by thick strands of spider silk. At least fifty fairies sat around it, laughing and showing off for each other between bites. On another branch, a handful of strong fairies blew through tubes, making hot molten glass blow up into a round house. A young family, no doubt the soon-to-be occupants, stood watch, clapping and cheering them on. "'Winglings?' someone called. "'In all my years, winglings!' Up ahead, a man was pushing through the crowd. When he reached us, Da tried to act like he didn't see him. Oh, look, there's our trail, Da said, pushing us down the path. Walter, the man laughed. You tight-winged badger, you. Where have you been? The man marched up and crunched Da's skinny hand with his strong shake. The man was tall, handsome, and muscular, a perfectly sculpted alpha male with wings. He wore red armor with the symbol of a yellow dandelion embroidered on the enormous chest plate. His perfect jet black hair was slicked back tight against his sides, but waved large over the forehead. Da pulled his nearly broken hand back. I've been around, Burr, he said. The man melted when he saw my mother. Alita, he said. The sight of you never ceases to take my breath away. He took her hand and kissed it. Mmm. Is that lila berry oils? It's lovely. He bent down for another kiss, but Da pulled her hand away. That's enough, Bursley, Da said. You want to smell oil, just run your hand through your hair. Bursley ignored Da and turned his attention to me. And who might this strapping young lad be? Hold on a moment. 
You didn't start a family with this pathetic fellow, now did you, Alita? <laughs> Bursley laughed and jabbed Dare hard in the ribs, probably breaking a couple of them. Ma blushed a little. Berth, this is my son, Willem, and my daughter, Emerald, she said, turning to reveal Em's cute face in the backpack. Ah, beautiful like her mother, Bursley said, stroking her face. I could tell Dare wanted to swat it away. And you, boy, Bursley said, looking back at me. You look like someone who would like to learn how to ride a scorpion. I've got a few of the biggest back at my ranch. What do you say we head on over and I'll show you how the lion riders do it? Really? I said, mesmerized at the thought of how amazing I'd look riding a scorpion. Da, can I? No, Da quickly said. Kind of you to offer, Bursley, but we're just passing through. No time to get jabbed in the head with a stinger. Come on, Will, Alita. Da pushed for us to continue. Oh, at least let me offer you refreshment for your journey, Bursley insisted. It's the least I can do for old friends. Come on, you wouldn't turn down some of my famous hot root juice now, would you? Half the clans in the kingdom can't keep their hands off the stuff. Or me, for that matter. Like they've never seen such a perfect specimen. He chuckled to himself. Just a quick drink, Walter, Ma said cautiously. I hate to leave like this. Bursley's a man of position among the dandelions. Rejecting him like this could hurt the relationship our clans were taught to build. Dow rolled his eyes. A quick sip and then we're off. Beyond pleased with himself, Bursley led us into his ranch, which was a series of several blown glass buildings that wrapped up and around the tallest tree in the grove. It dwarfed the glass homes around it, practically a small village itself. We sat at a glass table in the dining hall as servants brought us the hot root juice, which indeed was remarkable. "'Black bees, you say?' Bursley said, impressed with my story. "'Dark minions? And pixie magic?' I nodded. I told him much of our story, leaving out the details of my sister being the new queen, just in case. That reminds me, Burr continued, leaning back in his ridiculously tall chair, about a time I fought off five thousand black bees with this one hand. He held up his hand for added effect. The other hand was busy fighting off the Dark One himself. My sword clashed with his while my other sword slashed away at the charging hive. All the while, the dandelions stood back and watched. What more could they do? He chuckled and held out his drink for the servant to top off. Dan, I raised an eyebrow, but Ma seemed enthralled with the story. <sighs> yeah, I pushed the Dark One and his armies back into a corner, Bursley went on. And I would have finished them off for good if I hadn't been called back to duty here. And Crow, you say? Eh, I haven't been to Crow since I own most of the town. I sold it to a bunch of innkeepers and ship captains in exchange for a pair of islands off the coast. The Isles of Demora, a lovely vacation spot. You should visit sometime, Alita. The sunshine in the summer is cleansing. Oh, put a beetle in it, Dad finally said. Excuse me? Bursley said, looking offended. I don't know why we even told you anything, Da said. 
It must have been your root juice. I should have known you'd just make up a more impressive story. Bursley stood from his chair. Are you calling me a liar? He said. I'll call you worse. I'll call you a cheat and a cocky scoundrel. All you ever wanted was to win over Alita. You're still not over it. Even after all these years, you can't face the fact that you lost. Bursley pulled out his crimson-bladed sword and pointed it at Da. Immediately, I put my hand on my Zaxlin. I've never lost anything in my life, Bursley said, his voice cold, his face trembling with anger. I certainly didn't lose Alita. I let you have her. I had far more important things to worry about than a farm girl. Now Ma's face reddened with anger. You don't know anything about me or my accomplishments, Walter, he continued. Our queen has been taken by the dark, and in her absence, I've been placed in command. I stand before you a man of royal stature. I have extended a branch to you, and in return you have burned it. To insult me is to insult our entire clan, and I will not stand by and have you disgrace me in my house. It is time we put an end to this, for the good of whoever survives. Survives? I said. A duel to the death, Bursley challenged. If I win, I get the pleasure of knowing I'm still better than you. I ask for nothing more, for I know you have nothing more to give. If I, by some miracle, lose, perhaps die of natural causes mid-fight, then you can take anything you choose from my estate. My servants are my witness. Enough with the rubbish, you two, Moss said, getting up from her chair. You both sound like fairylings. Come now, Walter, we're leaving. Daz stared back into Bursley's eyes. The two were incredibly mismatched. Dad didn't have a chance in all the kingdom against such a seasoned warrior, which is what I assumed Bursley was, judging by his build and heavy armor. I accept, Dad said sternly. Walter, this is ridiculous, Ma snapped. Think of the children! Dad wouldn't pull his gaze from Bursley. I won't have the wingling name disgraced for them or any generation to come he said, and I will not have the Daffodil Clan humiliated. We settle this now. Bursley led us out into the middle of the grove, a circle of dead trees split by the river. It was a strategic spot chosen to ensure everyone could witness Bursley's greatness. His arrogant strut made me want to tackle him. What was I to do? I couldn't stand around and let the beast of a man kill my father. Quietly, I asked Ma to give me M just in case I needed her power. I strapped her tight on my back and stood with Ma and the rest of the dandelions. We all made a circle around Dan and Bursley. Dandies high up in the trees pounded on their giant glass drums as we gathered. Mind if I borrow that? Dad said, nodding to my Zaxlin. I handed it to him. You don't have to do this, I told him. We can just leave. Dad shook his head. I've already let my family down once. I won't let that happen again. Oh, and what do you suppose going and getting yourself killed is going to do for us? Dad turned the sword awkwardly in his hands. This is no time to look weak. 
we need this. Our clan needs this. I shook my head and stepped back with the others. There was no talking him out of it. The drums thudded louder, causing the dandelion flowers to sway. Bursley held his arms out at the crowd, riling them up and bringing out a thunderous cheer. With a twirl of his massive sword, he turned to face my father. Da held on to Gabriel with two hands. I stared at my dear sword and muttered a prayer under my breath. Please help him, I whispered. Guide his hands. Fight for him. Fight for us. Bursley attacked first, bringing his sword crashing down over Da, who barely blocked the strike by holding the sword up. Da swung wildly, but missed, swiping only air. Bursley chuckled as he easily dodged my father's attacks. He playfully swatted away Da's swings and then kicked his legs out from under him. Da fell hard to the ground. He was toying with him, making a fool out of him. Just watching the cocky dandy made me shake with fury. People laughed haughtily as Bursley fluttered up off the ground and taunted Da to follow. Da sprung off the ground and flew for him. Bursley easily blocked his attack and with his thick boot kicked Da back to the ground. The people laughed and cheered. My blood boiled. Why wasn't Gabriel fighting? I thought. Why wasn't he taking over? Surely he could sense my dad's weakness, of all times not to come alive. Bursley fluttered down and landed over my father who was still struggling on the ground, coughing and covered in dirt. My Zaxlin lay limp in his hand. Defeated, he looked up at Bursley who was raising his crimson sword high above his head, ready to strike a fatal blow. Walter! Ma cried. M cried with her from my pack. I watched Bursley's sword reach all the way back, roaring cheers from the crowd egging him on. I'm grinding my teeth. Just when Bursley's sword started down, I bolted for him. Never had my wings flown so fast. They sent a cloud of dust billowing behind me. Gabriel, fly! I shouted. My sword's wings came alive and flew out of Da's hand. The Zaxlin landed in my hand just as I reached him. I blocked Bursley's blow inches from Da's face. Both Da and Bursley stared at the sword, dumbfounded. The crowd's cheers died off, but the drums grew louder, louder than my heart that thudded furiously in my chest. Gabriel whipped in my hand, pushing Bursley off and swiping at him from every angle. Bursley's nervous face desperately followed his sword as he struggled to block my every strike. We buzzed through the air, spinning, twirling, flying up and over branches as we exchanged blows. Normally I felt completely at Gabriel's mercy, yanked along to his fight. But not this time. This time I could feel how perfectly in sync we were. It was as if we both anticipated each other's next moves, he enhancing mine and me enhancing his. The result was a blurred combination of twists, spins, and jabs that were all but impossible to predict. That's it, Will. That's it, Gabriel encouraged. Our fight took us all over the kingdom. We fought upside down under branches. We ran up and along white trunks, jabbing and blocking. We jumped and flipped off the trees, cutting off chunks of bark with every miss. Finally, with one last spin off a glass house, I swiped Bursley's sword from his hands. I finished my turn with a kick to his chest, 
sending him slamming back into a branch and then falling hard to the ground. The crowd gasped as the cloud of dust settled around him, revealing their defeated hero, curled up and wheezing. I fluttered down next to him and pointed my sword at his face. Bursley's eyes traced the ornate blade up to my stare. <coughs> Who are you? he said between coughs. We've already met you, Soghead, I said through my teeth. My family is my life. You challenge one of us, you challenge all of us. And believe me when I tell you, this is one quest you do not want to slow down. My sword's blade and M's face shone with a brilliant pixie. The crowd watched in silence. Are you going to kill me? Bursley asked pitifully. No, I'm not. But from now on, you will treat us with respect. I spoke quieter so that the crowd couldn't hear. You say you stand in place of your queen. Well, before you this very moment is the surviving Daffodil Queen in all her glory, and you will show her the respect she deserves. Bursley raised his eyebrows at M. Of course, my apologies, your majesty. He looked at me. Why didn't you tell me? I didn't think we'd have to, I said. Donnie told us your clan would help us in our journey, not try to kill us. Donnie? From the Cactus Clan? That's right. Bursley smiled and sheathed his sword. Why didn't you say old Donnie sent you? I would have given you the royal treatment, queen or not. Never thought Donnie to be one with friendly connections. I said, shaking my head and helping him to his feet. Let's try this again. The name's Willem Wingling. Donnie sent us. Bursley shook my hand to the confusion of the crowd. Realizing that the excitement was over, they scattered and went about their business. Bursley helped Dad to his feet. Walter, he said, I owe you my sincerest apologies. I did love Alita, and you won her sure as a light. I also may have exaggerated a few details of my adventures, but I'm still the best at everything. I don't care, Das said, brushing the dirt off his pants. So what will it be, boys? Bursley said. What will what be? I asked. I said if I lose the duel, you could have anything you want from my estate. So what will it be? I thought for a moment and then grinned. Minutes later, I was riding out of Bursley's ranch with his biggest prized scorpion, beige in color and clad in red armor. Her fuzzy stinger arched above me. I was afraid you'd choose her, Bursley said regretfully. But I'm a man of my word. She's yours. Just make sure to feed her bright and early. She gets hungry and restless soon after she wakes up. Does she have a name? I asked. Stella, he said, stroking her beady-eyed head, almost in tears. All right, Stella, I said, taking up the reins. Let's see if you can take the load off our wings for a bit. Stella made a clicking noise and clipped her pinchers. She says she'll serve you well, Bursley interpreted. You speak scorpion? I asked. As caretakers of the animal and critter kingdom, we must be fluent in all creature tongues. 
I wasn't sure if that was another of his tall tales, but I didn't care enough to prod for details. As we loaded up our supplies on Stella's back and hopped on, a loud rumble sent a shake through the trees. The entire kingdom looked towards the sound. Another thud and the ground shook. What is that? Daz said, holding Ma close. The thuds were growing closer, each one making the glass homes rattle their contents. Oh, light, Bursley said, taking cover behind the scorpion. I watched as the treetops in the distance swayed and were pushed aside by some mammoth thing. Louder the rumbles roared. The last one shook me off Stella's back. One last thunderous shake and a giant boot made of snakeskin pressed into the soil in front of us. Next to it, a giant stick thicker than the trees touched down. My eyes slowly folded up until I saw a man, a giant human man, standing hundreds of feet over us. He wore a low-slung hat that covered most of his ponytail and matched his brown leather jacket. A long pointy beard hung from his chin, graying and well-trimmed. Leaning over his cane, this giant of a man stared down at us with enormous eyes and said in a booming voice, What's going on here? You've been listening to Winglings Under the Willow Tree, a production of the Purple Rocket Podcast. If you've enjoyed this story along with the other stories that we produce, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes. And share the podcast on your Facebook page. Tell your friends and family about these stories. We'll see you next Monday. This is your host, Greg Webb.